Hey, it's Rob West. To keep a current handle on your monthly income and expenses while applying God's way of handling money, try the MoneyWise app. You can manage your budget, plus have biblical financial advice at your fingertips. And it's available in both desktop and mobile versions. Just go to MoneyWise.org and click the Manage tab for more details about the MoneyWise app. Have you ever thought something was difficult so you didn't try to do it? A lot of folks think that about drawing up a budget. Hi, I'm Rob West. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to draft a budget. Like anything, there's a bit of a learning curve, but it gets easier the more you try. I'll talk you through the basics today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise. Biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Okay, so we talk a lot about the need for budgeting on this program, and we've developed the amazing MoneyWise app to help you do it. It has three different ways that you can set up your budget and allot money to your various spending categories. Just look for MoneyWise Biblical Finance in your app store. We also have trained volunteer coaches who can't wait to help you draw up your budget and get you set up in the MoneyWise app. And you can connect with a coach at moneywise.org or in the app itself. Now, before we get into the basics of budgeting, it's important to understand that everyone needs to do it, no matter how much or how little they have coming in. There's no other way to stay on top of your spending, get out of debt, give to your maximum potential and plan for the future. Okay, so let's get started. Step one is list your monthly income. That means your after-tax income. If you're a W-2 employee and your employer withholds taxes, it's the amount of your paycheck. If you have other income where taxes aren't withheld, you should only count about 70% of that and put the rest in savings for tax time. Step two is to list all of your fixed expenses, the things you pay the same amount on every month. That would include your rent or mortgage payment, auto loans and insurance, credit card minimum payments and student loans, and of course, include your giving in this step. Determine a percentage for your giving and do your best to stick to it. Step three, list your variable expenses. These change from month to month. Your electric bill would be an example if you're not on a budget billing plan. Other variable expenses would include groceries, household items, and gas for the car. Obviously, these are just estimates. If you find that difficult, you can go over your receipts and bank statements to ballpark those amounts, and you can adjust them in the months ahead. In fact, plan on adjusting them. Nobody gets estimated variable expenses right the first time. Now, you can add up your variable expense estimates and subtract that from your remaining income. So far, pretty easy. Okay, step four is budget some money for your wants. We've already identified your needs. Now give yourself a little spending money for a few things that make life a little easier and more enjoyable. Uh, This could be an occasional dinner out or some other favorite activity. Use these as rewards for staying on budget. And here I'll suggest a percentage. Uh, Try to keep your wants to 5% of your take-home pay. 
10% at the very most, because you'll need every penny for what comes next. And step five is budgeting to pay off any consumer debt you have, especially credit cards. You need to determine the amount of your remaining discretionary income that you can put toward that debt. That is above your minimum payments. Let's shoot for another five to 10% of your income. 10% is, of course, better. And now you're probably wondering, hey, why not throw all of my remaining money at that debt? Well, that would be great, but step six is to budget something for savings. And if you have credit card debt, we'll assume you don't have an emergency fund. So start one. Put some amount from every paycheck into liquid savings so you can get to it easily when an unplanned expense arises. You may have to split your remaining available money between paying down debt and building your emergency fund. Uh, try to get between 5 and 10% of your remaining income into each category. Okay, those are the basics for setting up a budget, but there are two more things you should do to increase your chances of staying on it. First, look for ways to cut spending. Can you raise or lower the thermostat to trim your utility bills? Can you cut something from the grocery budget? You may have run out of money before completing step six, and this is how you make sure you have enough money for all of them. Second, set up a system for tracking your spending as you go forward. This is essential for knowing whether you've overspent in one or more areas. Once more, the new MoneyWise app comes to the rescue. It'll tell you in real time exactly what you've spent in each category of your budget so you can make adjustments as needed to stay on track. Living faithfully on a budget will enable you to stay on the right side of Proverbs 21.20, which reads, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. All right, your calls are next. I'm Rob West, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal. But you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money, Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find daily questions to reflect on and practical exercises paired with scripture for spiritual and financial growth. Right now, you can request your copy of the Money, Seeking God's Wisdom 31-day devotional with a gift of any amount at moneywise.org. Christian Healthcare Ministries enables believers to show love for one another by sharing each other's health costs. Through CHM's voluntary health cost sharing programs, members uplift each other spiritually and financially. CHM is an eligible option under the Affordable Care Act and a Better Business Bureau accredited charity. Interested? Learn more by calling 800 791 6225 or online at chministries.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West, your host, taking your calls and questions on anything financial. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. We have several lines open and we'd love to hear from you. Talking about faith-based investing, you know, it is a new day in terms of aligning your values and convictions with your investments, your deployment of capital, because here's the thing to recognize. You're an owner of companies that you invest in. Uh, So whether you want to avoid certain companies, embrace other companies, or perhaps engage as an owner or a shareholder to vote your values through proxy voting, to express your values by contacting uh, shareholder relations 
whatever that looks like, it's uh, there's really multiple opportunities for you to do that today that didn't exist even a few years ago with world-class fund families like those that you'll find on our website, Eventide and uh, Praxis and uh, Inspire and Timothy Plan and so many others. We'd love for you to check those out and see how you might be able to align your values with your investments uh, as you make those decisions. All right, let's turn our corner here and take any calls or questions on uh, whatever your financial uh, topics are today. What's on your mind? We'd love to tackle it and apply God's principles to the decisions and choices you're making. We've got some great calls lined up. Let's head to Indiana. Darlene, you're next on the program. Go ahead. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I found out yesterday at work that I'm going to be getting a small raise, and I was just not sure what to do with it. I don't know whether to uh, put it into my emergency fund. I do not have a very big emergency fund at this point. Or I do have, I had to purchase a new vehicle um, a few months ago, pay the extra money towards the new vehicle loan. Okay. Yeah. So this is a great opportunity. I love that you're thinking this way. You know, so often our level of spending rises to our level of income unless we protest to the contrary. So as we get raises and bonuses and things along the way, they generally just kind of get eaten up with lifestyle spending. I love that you're thinking about your values and your priorities, wanting to really be intentional about how this money is used. Uh, This is a no-brainer for me, Darlene. I would absolutely shore up that emergency fund. I'd set up an automatic transfer uh, from your checking account to your savings account equal to the amount of the increase, the the net increase you're receiving every month. So you don't even touch it. You don't see it. It comes in and goes right back out. And do that until you get up to three to six months expenses, uh, three to six months worth of your your living expenses on a monthly basis. Um, And when you reach that, and you can decide whether it's three or six or somewhere in between, then you could read direct that extra money toward accelerating the payoff of that car. But having that emergency fund fully funded, um, I think will be a great blessing to you because when the unexpected comes and it will, you'll have something to fall back on. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your call today. God bless you. Pamela, go right ahead. Awesome. Um, Yeah, my question is, so I own a home and have a little bit of debt, home and cars, couple credit cards, just trying to make the best financial um, direction, was thinking about selling the home and maybe getting, paying everything off, Um, although it would be uh, probably difficult right now to even find another home, but just trying to make the, go go the best route possible, and then I've got some 401ks through job, my job, I got a little bit of money in my savings, so... Okay. Well, uh, give me just a quick synopsis of your financial situation. I'll ask you a few questions, and then let's see if we can't come to some agreement on perhaps where you go from here. Uh, you mentioned some savings, so let's start there. What do you have in liquid savings? About five to 6000 Okay, very good. And uh, do you have a budget, a spending plan that you've captured either electronically or on paper? Um, yeah, I have a spreadsheet that okay. kind of dials dials up my total household income and what I'm spending and yeah. I mean from that it looks like I've got some liquid left but I'm I'm still kind of lost on what direction to go just as far as trying to sure. um, bring home get out of debt and those yeah. things 
And on paper, uh, Pamela, how much margin do you have, uh, you know, based on uh, all the bills being paid and then what you might expect to have left over? So I'm probably, um, I want to say I'm probably plus about 3000 every month. So you, after you, your take-home pay, uh, you pay mm-hmm. all the bills, even those things that are discretionary that you don't get a bill for, eating out and clothing and entertainment. When it's all said and done, uh, you're realizing about 3000 in surplus? Well, I can probably drop that about 500 so maybe 2500 okay. yeah. Okay. And where is that going currently? Because you said your liquid savings is only five to 6000 Yeah, I mean, I'm not really aggressively putting anything else in savings we, it just kind of sits there from month to month okay um, so that's we've, building we've up a couple at, yeah okay so what do you have in your checking account right now uh right now it's probably mm, it's about four thousand Okay. I guess I'm wondering, you know, if, if 2500 every month is surplus, it seems like you should have quite a bit more either in checking or savings because that would be accruing month after month. And, you know, after three months, you'd have $7,500 and another three months later, you'd have 15000 So I guess I'm just wondering where that's going. Have you been using that on other things or, you know, where is that uh, slipping away to? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, we've we do spend a little bit, so um, I do have a side business that some of that ends up going to. I guess I didn't include that. Okay. Um, and All then right. we've had some recent car repairs. Um, okay. We just paid probably about, no, well, this was just like within the last week or so, we paid about 3000 for a car repair. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And then um, you mentioned you have some 401ks. How much do you have there? Um, about 3000 in my 401k. Okay. All right. And then let's talk about the debt that you have. Give me a quick rundown. Um, I have my home. You want the total amounts of the... Uh, yeah, sure. So what is it home. worth and what do you owe? Oh, so my home, I owe about 144 And from what I'm understanding with everything going up, it's probably worth about two... I don't know. I'm going to say 250 Okay. Um, I have... <clears throat> two cars. Okay. One is sixty and one is eight thousand. And then okay. we have a couple credit cards, about three thousand okay. total. Okay. And then uh did I hear that you filed for bankruptcy a, a year or two ago? Yeah, right after COVID. Um okay. neither my husband or myself were working, so we just couldn't keep up with the demand of bills, so we, we did have to file. Okay. And did you do a thirteen or a seven? No, we did a seven. We wiped out everything. Okay. Okay, so the the credit card debt that you've built up is new cards that are currently active? Yeah, that's correct, just to try and rebuild. Okay. Well, I I think the key here, Pamela, is really to get a handle on your spending because the last thing we want to do is, especially now that you've gone through a bankruptcy and have everything, had everything wiped out, you're getting yourself back in debt when it doesn't seem like you should be because it seems like you have plenty of margin. And I think that's going to come down to really having a detailed spending plan that's accurate, that captures a reserve account for things like car maintenance. So that's not, you know, coming out of emergency savings and putting 
putting something aside for home maintenance and thinking about semi-annual insurance payments. We got to really get an accurate budget so you know actually where you stand. And then we can take that margin and do two things. Number one, wipe out that credit card debt. That should be gone in 45 days or 60 days at the most. And then second, let's build up that emergency fund to six months expenses um, as a starting point. Then we can look at other opportunities. Stay on the line. We'll finish on the other side of this break and we'll be right back on Money Wise. Stay with us. Siri, what's the best way to save for college? Hmm, I'm not sure. Well, what does the Bible say about co-signing for a loan or investing for retirement? I don't know that either, but you can find those answers on the free Money Wise app. Really? Sure. You can connect with the online community and get answers and encouragement from Money Wise coaches. That sounds great. Siri, download the Money Wise app. Got it. Learn, Learn more, more at moneywise.org. If you're investing for retirement or any other goal, you may be wondering if it's possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind no matter what's happening in the market. SoundMind Investing has a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. SMI has helped tens of thousands of Christians learn to be wise and faithful stewards in the area of investing. Profit and peace of mind no matter what's happening in the market at soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. Take your calls and questions. 800-525-7000. Pamela, Allen, Pauline, we're coming your way. But first, we were talking before the break to Pamela in Missouri. Uh, Pamela and her husband filed for bankruptcy when they lost their jobs uh, during COVID a couple of years ago. Uh, they now have their budget such that she believes they have as much as $2,000, $2,500 a month in surplus, although they have accumulated some credit card debt. Uh, they've got a couple of cards loans. They've got good equity in their home and a couple of 401ks um, that they've been uh, putting some money into, but just wondering how to move forward from here. And Pamela, you know, I think the key for you all is to really get serious about controlling the flow of money in and out. If in fact you have 2000 to 2500 in surplus, once everything's in, and perhaps there's some things that aren't in that budget that need to be, as I said, putting away, you know, something every month for a car repair fund, putting something away every month for a home repair fund, a Christmas fund, semi-annual insurance payments. I mean, let's get an accurate accounting of really what it takes over 12 months for you to run your family. Let's get it all in there. And then let's say there's not 2,500, there's 1,500 or 2,000 left. That's significant margin. And if that's real and it's not finding its way into a side project, a business or something else, then we can accomplish our goals, which is to never accrue any credit card debt ever again that's not paid off in full at the end of the month to make sure we have a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months expenses that you're giving systematically and regularly because that'll break the grip of money over your life and that you're putting something away for the future systematically 15 to well 10 to 15 percent of your of your pay should be going in a retirement plan so um, I think at this point those are really your priorities from here but give me your thoughts yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I can wipe out the credit card with no issue pretty quickly. I mean, that's what I'm working on now. I think okay. the big, the next big thing is just really having a direction what to do with our surplus because yeah. we end up spending it or just life happens and yeah. we ended up just using it. But, I mean, every month there's money there 
that just just sitting there. So, well, one of the great ways to to make sure that it doesn't get uh, chewed up in lifestyle spending is number one, to commit to that as, you know, husband and wife and hold each other accountable. Number two, let's automate your savings. So let's set it up to automatically sweep into a savings account until that's fully funded. And then let's get it going, uh, you know, automatically into increased salary deferral into a retirement plan. If you need working capital for your side business and it's truly a business, not just a pet project that doesn't make any money, but it really has some potential long longevity to it. Well, let's figure out how much you need for working capital and let's automate, you know, some of that savings going there. We don't want it just to build up in the checking account because that's when you'll find places to spend it. You want to give every dollar a name. Uh, Let's do this. Two things. One is I want you to connect with one of our coaches at moneywise.org to help you work on that spending plan. And then I want to send you a copy of uh, Ron Blue's book, Master Your Money. I think it'll be a great read for you and your husband. All the best to you guys in the days ahead. You can do this. Uh, I believe in you. <laughs> Keep us posted along the way. Uh, to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Pauline, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hello. Thank you. Um, sure. Yes, I'm calling because we actually have too much money in savings. <laughs> and um, we need to know where is a better place to have this money than sitting there getting hit by inflation. Yeah, um, yeah. My husband is retired, and I'm going to probably retire in about five years. We have our money and some other things, but we want to know what we should be doing with the savings right now. All right. How much do you have in your savings right now? Um, after we take out our six months expenses, it's 70000 Okay. And you said you're either in or near retirement, depending on whether we talk about you or your husband. Uh, talk to me about the income sources you have and whether you have a surplus on a monthly basis right now. Okay. Um, yeah, my husband um, is retired. He's not collecting. He has a TSP, and okay. he'll start collecting on that in about a year and a half. But he already is getting an annuity, and um, I'm I'm still going working, and I will continue to work for uh, probably up to five years before I actually retire. Um, okay. And so we can live off of my income and his annuity. Um, okay. We don't have the surplus that we did prior to his retiring. So we're not putting into the, the savings like we were, of course, but we're okay. doing fine. With- yeah. And then what about in retirement? Once your income goes away, um, you, uh, are you planning to start to draw something from the TSP or will you have other income sources? Um, yes, we'll start drawing from his TSP. And I have a Roth myself right now and my own 401k. Um, And I just recently switched jobs. So I've just rolled that 401k over and I'm no longer going to have the employee contributions like I did. So, um, and I do have a Roth and I'm just, yeah, I'm just not sure if I should keep contributing or not with inflation. You know, we watched it tank and I didn't put my 7,000 in last year, so... Got it. Uh, when you add up the TSP, the Roth, the 401k, all the retirement accounts, uh, what do you think the total value is roughly? Um, about 360 to 375. Okay. And what do you think you're going to need to pull out? Have you done your retirement budget that factors in your income going away? Not yet, actually. We okay. haven't. 
Okay. So I think that's a good next step uh, is to start working on that retirement budget, do some projections on where this would be. I love the fact that while you're continuing to work, this money can just continue to grow. You haven't mentioned Social Security. You'll have that at some point down the road. So uh, you'll have quite a bit of a nest egg with the annuity, uh, all the retirement accounts, plus Social Security uh, to be able to fund your lifestyle and, you know, probably be pretty well off. In terms of the 70000 uh I think one thing you could do immediately would be to put 20000 10000 a piece in I-bonds. Um, are you familiar with those? Have you heard me talking about them recently? No, I have an I-bond. Okay. Yeah, inflation bonds issued by the U.S. Treasury right now are paying 9.62%. You can only put in 10000 a piece per calendar year. But with that rate of return uh, and basically uh, zero risk because it's backed by the U.S. government, uh, that would be $20,000 that you could get a great return on. Now, it adjusts every six months. That will happen again in November. It'll adjust based on CPI, the Consumer Price Index. But um, I think it'll still be a great rate, even though it may adjust down slightly. You've got to hold it for at least a year. And if you pull it out in less than five years, you give up three months worth of interest as a penalty. But that's nothing compared to the great return you'll get. So I would say that's a great option for you. If you wanted to invest more of it, I'd probably look at an index fund right now, just based on how far the market is down. And the fact that I think it's going to recover well before the economy, probably later this year or early next year. So when you get this money working for you, plus your emergency fund, fund, plus all those other assets, I think you all are in great shape um, as you head toward full retirement. Uh, you'll want to go to treasurydirect.gov for the I-bonds. We appreciate your call today very, very much. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the program. We have covered a lot of ground, it seems. And that's always the goal. My thanks to our amazing team today, including Deb Solomon, Amy Rios, Jim Henry, and Gabby T. I'm Rob West. I'll be back again next time and hope you will too for the next edition of Money Wise. Money Wise is provided by Money Wise Media and listeners like you.